0: Hello, uh, we're back with uh, thinking about it. Got a special guest today, Dr. Michael Haken, uh, who has been a great friend of our Fellowship Baptist Churches and many more. Um, the leading authority that I know of in the area of church history. And uh, Michael, uh, welcome to our podcast.
1: Yeah, it's good to be with you. Thank you, Bob.
0: Uh, we 're very interested these days in a topic that you 're very familiar with uh, you 've studied the puritans you 've studied revivals you 've written books on that and so we want to just think we don't make we don 't resolve things in our podcast it 's called thinking about it for good reason so we just want to think about the subject of revival um, how do we how do we understand revivals in the past whatever revival is? And is it right for us to uh, position ourselves for revival? Do we, do we need, even need to think about that, or is that something that we totally leave in the sovereign hands of God? Do you, do you understand my my issue? Yep,
1: yep, yep. Yeah, there's probably a number of uh, schools of thought regarding the latter. Um, uh, you know, what can we do to place ourselves in a position or put ourselves in a position where revival can be a reality? Um, I think before that, though, that one thing that needs to be emphasized is that there are some who say, you know, revival is not a not a biblical concept, and um, therefore, all of the discussion about revival, longing for revival, praying for revival, is really kind of out of bounds. Um, I would disagree with that. Um, I think you do see patterns of renewal in the Old Testament. You see it in the Book of Judges, kind of a cyclical perspective, Mm -hmm. Um, and you see times of renewal and recommitment to God on the part of Israel in the old, which are shadows of this. And then uh, the New Testament period itself is a period of revival, uh, Pentecost. Um, and Pentecost becomes the paradigm for people that are thinking about revival um, in the sense of the you know, outpouring of the Spirit, numbers converted, the prominence of the Word being preached, mm-hmm. um, Christ being glorified. So that kind of being emphasized or argued, um, yeah, I think there are certain things that can be done. Um, Certainly the whole area of prayer um, is something that historically Christians have agreed upon, that Mm -hmm. revival is something that, uh, or renewal, it doesn't come about without our commitment to it in terms of prayer. Um, uh, Kind of making known our need of revival, um, but all the time recognizing that because we pray and because we are seeking revival doesn't necessarily mean that Mm -hmm. God is constrained to give revival.
0: So as a historian, is there a time in the past that uh, is is familiar to us that we would say, you know, it just feels like It's déjà vu that what God did then He might do now because the circumstances are the same. Is there any any thinking of that?
1: Um, Well, usually, yeah. Usually, times of crisis, political, social, Mm -hmm. um, uh, are times of kind of our extremity is God's opportunity. Um, The sense that the church has of great need. And her inability to do it herself, herself um, I think these are times, and we we live in such a time now, I think, um, where there is this sense that without God's remarkable work mm-hmm. in revival, um, things are just going to get bleaker and bleaker in our cultural
0: context. Have you seen the movie, uh, what is it, the movie about the Jesus Movement? Uh, the Jesus Revolution. Uh, you, you know about the movie that's made?
1: Yes, I do know of it. I have not. you okay. know. Uh,
0: you, know, you, you were around in the seventies. Uh, I was yes, too. I, uh,
1: yeah, I am a convert. I'm a convert of that period, and uh, in a sense, the that whole kind of movement is. I was converted in '74, um, and come out of that
0: was that of, a revival? Period. What was you know? As you look. We were in the middle of that. And I was just kind of emerging as a, as a young person, Christian leader, and I really thought that was normal. And after it disappeared, we kind of look back and say, what, what happened? What was that? And would you, would you regard that as some kind of revival or renewal?
1: I do, yeah. <clears throat> I think so. I think that there, you look back and you find, uh, I've met remarkable numbers of people converted in that period. I do remember going to an event in Toronto uh, called the Catacombs. Been there. And, it was uh,
0: a Catholic uh, event, wasn't it? No, this was, this
1: was, uh, this was Protestant. Okay. Um, it was on Bloor Street at St. Paul's, uh, Paul's Anglican. And there'd be about 1,500 to 1,800 young people gather. And it started at Rossdale College, yeah. uh, kind of the hippie college mm-hmm. on the campus of U of T. And a group of Christians moved in purposely to evangelize, and significant numbers of hippies and druggies and freaks were converted. And they moved out to St. Paul's, and I remember going there, and it was just absolutely incredible.
0: Were, you a, were you a believer? Were you a believer at that time?
1: I was. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I think there were there were scenes like that. Uh, Jesus People USA from in Chicago was a kind of commune that was born out of this mm-hmm. um, Calvary Chapel, um, which is, I guess, the story of the movie uh, to some degree, the um, Jesus Revolution movie. Yeah, so dear. I think, yeah, I think that yeah. again, I think wow. one of our challenges is we <clears throat> we have preconceived notions of what a revival has to look like. I think there are certain patterns, but I think because of historical circumstances God's delight in variety uh-huh. um, different cultural contexts uh, that there are these patterns of re- these patterns of revival will to some degree look different
0: I was uh, like you I'm interested in the the great Awakening under Whitfield and the Wesley's Red, the Arnold Dalamore's two volume series on it that did, did some work on Wesley um, do you think that the conditions of that day, and as I understand it, they were dire. Most of Britain was drunk or whatever, all kinds of problems. Um, do, you, do you think that that is a condition that we might be living within now? Or, or maybe help us understand, what were the conditions uh, that brought about the Great Awakening? Were there some notable yeah. conditions?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. historically, uh, it's the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution, and which is, uh, something that we live with as a foundation of modern culture. Um, we're post, we're in a post-industrial society and we, we don't remember the cost in human suffering that this brought about. Uh, significant numbers of people, uh, moving into cities, mushrooming populations in cities, the infrastructure of cities unable to keep cope with the large influx of people and, um, people living in devastating circumstances, significant numbers never going to church. Uh, the name of Jesus for them was a swear word only. Um, rampant sexual immorality, uh, ranging from everything from infidelity all the way to beastly hellity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was against this background. And then obviously it's the age of reason. So the intellectual elite, um, really trashing uh, historic Christianity in terms of the supernatural elements of it, um, so there are challenges in terms of um, the kind of the social, mm-hmm. political context as well as intellectual major intellectual attacks on Christianity.
0: So how did and Christianity?
1: You get revival.
0: Yeah. How did so? How did that happen? I mean, it's obviously it's a sovereign act of God, but you just described an impossible situation for the gospel.
1: Yeah. What you get is yeah, you get Christians praying, um, and Christians having to rethink the way that things get done in a context like theirs. There had been the the Puritans for instance, who had longed for revival and renewal throughout Britain in the 17th century, many of them had a conviction that renewal would happen like the Reformation, which is it'll come from the top down. You know, you win win the rulers to Christ, then they'll they'll Mm -hmm. lead the society in that direction. In other words, um, the conversion of the political elite is critical. But that changes in the early eighteenth century because things have things have changed politically. Um, the societies in Europe are no longer you know kind of rule top down societies in one sense um, as you'd had in at least some of them like Britain Britain is moving towards you know some of the democratic structures that we have today mm-hmm. and um if renewal is going to take place, it has to be a bottom bottom up um, experience. And uh, you find Christians beginning to despair of changing things politically, and beginning to pray. And you see it in you see it in sermons, uh, sermons calling for the outpouring of the Spirit. You see it in diaries, letters, and then you on the on the margins of the British Empire, you start to have these kind of um, remarkable events, like the 1734-35 Awakening in the Connecticut Valley that we remember in association with the name of Jonathan Edwards, where about 35 churches are impacted. Edwards is church in Northampton, Massachusetts, sees about 300 conversions in six months. Out of a town of about 1,200 people, 1,200 adults at least. Um, Wales, the conversion of two key people, Hal um, Harris and Daniel Rowland. mm mm-hmm. And you start to see these things on the the uh, streams that, within a few years, start to merge into the, what we call the you know revival, the river of revival, is a dominant factor in the 18th century, in the 1750s, and then later 1740s, 1750s, then later in the century, in the 1780s, late 1780s, 1790s, um, and um, by the early well, probably, you know, 1820s through the 1850s, uh, a country like Wales has been significantly changed in so many ways. Um, It's estimated that probably upwards of 75 to 80% of people heard the gospel every week. Hmm. Doesn't mean they were converted. Uh, That would be true here in Ontario. By the 1850s through the 1880s here in Ontario, um, probably similar statistic. Um, and, um, all of this is the product of those, those awakening begin of that awakening that begins in the 18th century. Um, historians kind of identify, you know, that's the first great awakening, which is the 18th century, 1740s through 1750s, second great awakening, 1790s through the 1830s. But there are, there are clearly ties as well, um, between them.
0: So you've got a you're you're describing a, a general burden that people had. They're desperate. Uh, what else can you do but pray? So there was kind of a prayer revival. Would you say that the preaching followed shortly after that?
1: Um, yeah, I think they're probably coterminous, they go, they go, they go along, along alongside each other. I think there is a recognition among gospel ministers that something, something has God has to do something for the sake of His church, um, because things. Are not going to change politically, and um, you find in the like in the early the 1690s through the 1710s, you find in Britain um, societies being founded that seek to reform the ethical life of the nation, uh, reformations for the for the re- re- Reformation of society, societies for the Reformation of manners. Sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, these would hire agents. To patrol the streets, so in London there was a society that basically, if, if they if somebody was heard swearing, the agent would go up to them, and try to take their name because there were still blasphemy laws on the books, and try to have them prosecuted. Well, you can you can imagine this <laughs> <laughs> would go down, and um, these things basically failed. So there is this attempt at political societal re- reformation through various means like this. And the end result is is failure. And it's this that kind of drives home the realization that we need to pray, and then at the same time, the preaching about this.
0: Okay, Michael, uh, almost 15 minutes ago we began this conversation. This is a 15-minute podcast, but uh, you've agreed to um, hang on for another go so we're going to say uh, goodbye yep. for now and then uh, we'll reemerge in uh, another a week so until then i'm bob mcgregor with dr michael haken on thinking about it <laughs>